Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. You're listening to the Curious City Podcast from WBEZ Chicago. Here's a little story I had. I had a I had a helper this year. He was he was from Ireland, and he's got that Irish broke. You know, it was just, wow. It's like we were in the truck and we're walk and we were talking. He said we were talking about Alaska, and he goes, "Man, that place has a lot of boogs." I says, "Boogs? What's a boog?" He goes, "Boogs, B-U-G-S, bugs." <laughs> he calls them boogs. I couldn't understand them. <laughs> this week we're talking accents. The Chicago accent. That's right. I'm Jennifer Brandel here along with our project editor, Sean Ali. Hey, Sean. Hey, uh, Jen. And we also have Annie Minoff, who is the assistant producer for the world's only rock and roll talk show, Sound Opinions. Annie recently reported on a question we got about the Chicago accent. This is a question that we got from Sarah Lynn Pablo. She grew up in Des Plaines, a suburb here in the Chicagoland area, and she asked us this question. Where does our unmistakable and lovable Chicago accent come from? So we've been reporting on this for a bit now, and if you missed it right after this podcast, head to wbez.org slash Curious City. And Annie, you've got a great write-up there. Thank you very much for all that hard work. you got You're a lot welcome. of details mixed in there. And we hear from something like hundreds of people who called in to submit some accent samples. Um, so we actually answered kind of two questions. One, what was the origin of the Chicago accent, but you took it a lot further than that. Right. Well, so it's one thing to know. Well, it's actually a harder question to answer where it came from. Um, But to know what it sounds like today is something that we we can actually know for sure. So in addition to answering that, where did it come from question, we also wanted to answer, so what does it sound like? And to do that, we needed the help of as many people as we could get. We got about 400 people calling in to give us their accent samples. And based on that, we were able to draw some conclusions and some interesting ones. Uh, For example, not everyone born in Chicago has a Chicago accent. And uh, some Chicagoans today actually sound a lot more like people from Buffalo or Rochester or Syracuse than actually more nearby Midwestern cities. We also found out that African-American and Latino populations are starting to reshape the typical Chicago accent entirely. That's right. And the reason we were able to draw these conclusions is because we actually had a professional linguist, Corrine McCarthy, uh, she's been studying the Chicago accent since 2007, actually listen to these samples that we received. And right now we're going to hear from her kind of walking us through one of these accent samples that we got. And this one's from Tom Pekorski. And fair warning, it's a bit of a deep dive. There's some technical linguist lingo in there, but you can check it out at wbez.org slash city if you have any questions about some of the terms that Corrine McCarthy is using. I'm going to go ahead and play the beginning of this. Too hot for hockey. Don and Patty took the bus to the gym to watch some hockey. They met their pals, Don and Chad. What jumps out at me right away is the way that he pronounces hockey. Two times you can hear it's quite what we would call it. Um, it's quite fronted. Too hot for hockey. Don and Patty took the bus. The vowel is articulated in a way such that the tongue is pushed a bit farther forward in the mouth than it is for a lot of other speakers. Hockey. Don and Patty took the so it's bus. More to of, the gym. It's almost an ah sound. Hockey. Don and Patty took so the bus. So it's not hockey, it's hockey. Hockey. 
Don and Patty took the bus. And he pronounces it that way twice, which tells me it's probably fairly consistent for this speaker. Too hot for hockey. Don and Patty took the bus to the gym to watch some hockey. They yeah, I like the way he says the bus. The bus to the gym to watch some hockey. So he's not saying they the bus, he's saying the bus. The bus. Which is a very um, local way of saying it. The bus. It's pronounced somewhere between bus and boss. The bus. So if you just played that word in isolation to somebody. The bus. They might not know if he was saying bus or boss. Too hot for hockey. Don and Patty took the bus to the gym to watch some hockey. So we have an example there of what a lot of people like to point out, the substitution of a stop sound, like a D, the bus. instead of um, the the sound, so what's spelled with a TH, the bus. which is very nice. <laughs> I'm going to play the next, like, seven seconds. They took the bus to the gym to watch some hockey. They met their pals, Dawn and Chad. They smacked, they snacked on nachos, hot dogs, sausage, and pop. So he says, um, uh, Dawn and Chad. Dawn and Chad. So the way that he says Chad, Chad is the raised ah sound that you hear in Chicago. Chad. Um, it's a, a longer vowel than it is in you know other regions of the country, and you can hear it pretty distinctly when he says Chad. Dawn and Chad. Um, it's it's not as raised as it is for some other speakers. Dawn and Chad. He is raised, but he's not radically raised. He's not like Chad, which which I have also heard. Hot dogs, sausage, and pop. Then, then they noticed something odd. The gym was getting hot. Don they noticed something odd. Again, you hear the ah sound. Something odd. It's really a fronted vowel. It's not odd. It's odd. Something odd. They noticed something odd, and also the gym was getting hot. The gym was getting hot. We have two good tokens of, of fronted ah, the bot vowel there. Then they noticed something odd. The gym was getting hot. Don and Dawn took off their jackets. And then Eddie he also says Don and Dawn, and you can hear he maintains Chad a very clear hot. distinction the between those two. Don and Dawn took off their jackets. In a lot of parts of the country, Don and Dawn are pronounced exactly the same. Don and Dawn took off their jackets. Patty but for this speaker, they're very clearly distinct. The gym was getting hot. Don and Dawn took off their jackets. He also says jackets in a raised pronunciation, so it's another token of the, the bat vowel, jacket. Patty wiped the sweat with a paper towel. Chad took off his hat and used it as a fan. The puck never hit the ice. Okay, in that section we have a lot of tokens of the raised ass. So Chad, Chad, his hat, hat, fan, and used it as a fan. So we have a lot of tokens of this raised and elongated bat vowel his hat and used it as a fan the puck never hit the ice which sadly has begun to melt okay so i really like this section here uh the puck never hit the ice the puck never hit the ice which sadly has begun to melt he very very clearly says duh the puck instead of the the puck um very common pronunciation in chicago and in a lot of parts of the country the puck his pronunciation of of puck is also quite back the puck. So it's not puck, it's puck. The puck. So that's a really nice token right there. Sadly has begun to melt. They couldn't get the gym cool enough. The match was canceled, so they, so the friends headed to the bar to watch the Sox game. Okay, so in that section we have um, to the bar. So the friends headed to the bar. So we hear it somewhat fronted. It's not radically fronted. It's not like bar, but it's, you know, bar. So the friends headed to the bar. Rather than bar. So the friends headed to the bar to watch the Sox game. And a nice token of the fronted ah again in Sox. Sox game. They watch the Sox game. To watch the Sox game. So, yeah, we find all of the 
major tokens that we were looking for, so the three vowel examples that we were hoping to find, we did. So that's pretty exciting. So like I said, we had about 400 submissions of this passage, Too Hot for Hockey, uh, from people in the Chicagoland area. And you can hear most of those accent submissions online. We made a really fun interactive database of most of the recordings that the public, maybe even you, you listening, submitted over the phone. Yeah, you know, Jen, I actually found it kind of addictive. <laughs> it was. It's so fun. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can sort the database by the number of traits that each of the people had. Um, so if they had, say, five traits that um, are in the com- that are common to the Chicago accent, four, three, two, one, even people who had showed none of them. And it's just really interesting to contrast and compare. And you can check that out at wbez.org slash Curious City. It was actually a little rare to find someone who had all five of the Chicago accent characteristics. But one who did was uh, our, our cardinal example, our star uh, Mr. Chicago accent, Tom Pekorski. Tom Pekorski. And Tom Pekorski just so happens to be the UPS delivery man for WBEZ and a super sweet guy who let us kidnap him and bring him into the studio recently. So for each person who submitted a Too Hot for Hockey sample, we also asked them not just to read this passage, but to answer a few questions about themselves. So to kind of demonstrate how this worked, uh, Miss Jen Brandel uh, asked Tom some of these questions. Here's Tom and I doing what we did. What's your name? My name is Tom Pekorski. How old are you? I'm 56. What's your gender? Male. <laughs> <laughs> and where do you live? Like what side of the city? Are you? I'm in the southwest suburbs. And how long have you lived there? Oh, about 10 years now. Okay. What race or ethnic background would you identify with? Caucasian, I would say. Okie doke. And is English your first language? Yes. Um, Were you born in the Chicago area? Yes, I was. Okay, you get the idea. You can view each person's answers to all those questions as you listen to his or her Too Hot for Hockey submission on that database that we mentioned earlier. Again, I know I've said it several times, but that's at wbez.org slash Curious City. And I'm sorry, I'm not quite ready to not hear Tom anymore in the podcast. So Sarah Lynn, the question asker, said that she had this kind of defining moment when she realized she had an accent. Well, I asked Tom when this was for him. I mean, even when you approached me to say about, you know, I have a Chicago accent, it's like, I do. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I have one more thing to add about Tom, because I was so excited to hear his accent because he hit all of these big five traits. And I sent it to Kareen, you know, to confirm that he had all of these Chicago accent traits. And she actually asked me if I thought he was maybe putting us on. Like like he was laying it on kind of thick on purpose. It's too real. Right. And I was like, no, no, no. I think he actually sounds like that. Like he's around the office quite a bit sounding like that. And she goes, I've been working here at George Mason University in Virginia, and I guess I forgot how Chicagoans sound. But yeah, he sounds like my uncle. Okay, he's not putting us on. That's hilarious. Right on. Do you guys think you have accents, like Chicago accents in particular, any accent? Annie, you're not from Chicago, right? No. And you know, I'm from a suburb of Washington, D.C., which is kind of a funny place. It's like a company town. People move there to work for the government or to work for organizations that work with the government. So it has like a lot of turnover. Not a lot of people are like third generation Washingtonians. So I think for that reason, we don't have a strong identifiable accent. But then again, I wouldn't know, would I? (laughs) So perhaps I do. I'm just not aware of it. I I don't think that I do. I've lived in Chicago since the mid 90s. 
Um, I definitely feel that I sound Midwestern. I've been told that. I grew up in eastern Iowa, but I have family who grew up in Chicago, and they used to visit me when I was a kid in Iowa, and they definitely all sounded Chicagoan, and now I live down the block from them, and I know where they get it from now. (laughs) Now that I've lived in Chicago, I was like, oh, Growing up, like, oh, they sound different. And now I see that the whole city pretty much sounds that. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think I have it, but uh, I love it. So. I have um I grew up in outside Chicago in the suburbs and I have a brother named Todd who if you ask my parents his name is Tad, um and they have pretty thick Chicago accents and I remember the first moment I knew that I had an accent was when I moved to Canada and all the Canadians were making fun of me for the way I said eh you know everything was eh so I it became a point of really self consciousness for me every time I was talking to them and I guess I kind of adapted and shifted my accent a little bit to be less. Uh, I don't know, make funnable. And my folks came up to visit me and uh, we were trying to figure out where to go out to dinner or lunch. And I said, oh, there's a really great sandwich shop down the street. And they said, oh, a sandwich shop is there. <laughs> and I was like, what? I said sandwich. And they're like, it's sandwich. <laughs> they thought I'd become... Taking on airs in I Canada. <laughs> I was like, I just said regular sandwich and they heard it as sandwich. It just goes to show you, you know, the listener's perspective has a lot to do about accents. So. It's totally true. Yeah. Maybe the biggest uh, the biggest accent we all have is in our ears. There you go. <laughs> all right. So anyway, Annie, we heard in your passage and online from a lot of different people reading this Too Hot for Hockey passage. But where did that passage even come from? How did the, that even begin? Well, you know, I think I was mostly excited to take on this question about the Chicago accent because I really wanted a lot of Chicagoans to read the same passage. I Mm -hmm. thought that would be a really fun thing. And I knew that there were certain passages that linguists use to test for certain uh, dialect characteristics. Um, And so my first idea was to use one that was already out there. So I read one called Arthur the Rat which is about a character named Arthur the Rat. It's a really long passage. No one was going to read that passage. It was way too long. And then I found another one about a woman named Stella who goes food shopping, and she buys six bags of fresh snow peas. So you can hear, like, the linguist is trying to put in as many sounds as possible into this passage. Please call Stella. Ask her to bring these things with her from the store. Six spoons of fresh snow peas, five thick slabs of blue cheese, and maybe a snack for her brother, Bob. Unfortunately, it wasn't very good at bringing out the vowel sounds that are in particular a hallmark of the Chicago accent. So Too Hot for Hockey was actually written for us by Corrine McCarthy. She didn't like this Stella going shopping passage so much. She told me, give me a day. I'm going to write something for you. And she comes back with this 100 words about, you know, nachos and hacky. And and it's just sausage. It's fabulous. And uh, apparently she had a lot of fun doing it. She gets a kick out of this kind of stuff. I love it too, because not only does it test for the words, but it tests for the words that you stereotypically might associate with the super fans. So it's kind of that additional level of contextual, like, oh, this is so Chicago. Yeah, that oh, old yeah. Saturday Night Live skit. Gentlemen, how was your week? Uh, real Fantastic. good. Real good. good. Any heart attacks? I had one. Had a couple. You know, Annie, I remember when we were going through this project, you mm. would... Yeah. Come by my desk from time to time and be like, oh, you got to hear this one. Because we got like 100 messages a day for a few days in a row. And you were listening. You were the main person listening to them. What were some of the other favorites that uh, maybe didn't make the cut into your stories? Well, I really like this one. This is from actually someone else who works on the pier. Her name is Kara Constantino. And she works at the visitor information booth. 
And what's great about Kara's voice is that she's actually a young person. She's in her 20s. And for all these people who think that regional accents are going away, she is just a stark counterexample because her accent is very strong. Um, So let's take a listen to that. Too hot for hockey. Don and Patty took the bus to the gym to watch some hockey. They met their pals, Don and Chad. They snacked on nachos, hot dogs, sausage, and pop. So I mentioned she has a really strong Chicago accent, but even she only has three out of the five traits that we are looking for. And was that that looked to be from the data visualization, like the most popular category, where people who are kind of right in the middle, three out of five. Yeah, that's right. And one thing you can hear really strongly in her reading, and this is actually a trait that's most prevalent among, guess what, young women, um, is this yeah sound. So you can hear that when she says patty or snacked or jacket. That's especially strong for her. And if you look at her file in our database online, you can see that she's actually a Chicago native. And then her parents were too, but her grandparents are from Italy and Germany. And I love how this database will show you all these different kind of demographic markers of people. If you really want to go deep and and learn about each accent and maybe start coming up with some hypotheses of your own, you can. And Annie, we mentioned earlier that today's Chicago accent actually sounds a lot more like the accents you'd hear in some of the New England cities, more so than Midwestern cities. Why is that? And do we do we have any tape of an example of that? Yeah, absolutely. So Sarah Lynn's original question was, where does the Chicago accent come from? And kind of the pat historical answer is, well, it comes from back east. Back in the 1830s, you know, Chicago was this thriving shipping hub. And so you had a lot of migration along that Erie Canal route. Um, That's really the key out west to Chicago from places like Buffalo and Syracuse. And so historically, there is grounds for this, this connection between the accents that you'll hear in those cities. And in fact, we got some tape from a woman named Pat Kassler, who was born in Buffalo, New York, as were her parents and grandparents. And you can hear it's really almost indistinguishable from the Chicago accent. Too hot for hockey. Don and Patty took the bus to the gym to watch some hockey. They met their pals, Don and Chad. They snacked on nachos, hot dogs, sausage, and pop. Then they noticed something odd. The gym was getting hot. So even though this person has lived in Chicago for about 30 years or so, it just shows you that the Chicago accent is not limited to people born in Chicago. It's it's so fascinating. Was this something that the linguists were surprised by? No, because these cities that we just mentioned, Syracuse, Buffalo, Chicago, are all in this dialect region called the Inland North dialect region. Um, So you would expect people in that region to sound quite similar. But something that they were kind of surprised by when I sent them Uh, these linguists, the samples that we'd collected, was the extent to which these inland north vowel sounds that we have in Chicago were seeping into the dialects of African Americans in the city. For a long time, it was kind of believed that African Americans in Chicago did not have these vowel characteristics. And we're seeing that actually, no, that that's not true anymore. And in fact, you're getting this this merging of Chicago vowels and African American English dialects. One example of this is a woman named Lisa. So she was born in Chicago, but her parents and grandparents came from Virginia, Indiana, New York. And you can hear um, she has kind of the the southern pronunciation of friend, um, but she also has definitely these Chicago vowels. You can hear it when she says hat. Too hot for hockey. Don and Patty took the bus to the gym to watch some hockey. They met their pals, Don and Chad. They snacked on nachos, hot dogs, sausage, and pop. So, Annie, what does this mean? Is the Chicago accent changing? Where is it going? 
Well, it means that it, the extent of these vowels within the Chicago population actually might be much more widespread than perhaps linguists had considered before. One last thing. So there are already so many parts to this story. You've done two articles, you have a couple audio pieces, and we have this interactive database. You were on the air taking calls for a half hour, you've done a feature, and now we have this podcast. Um, you've done a lot of work. This might be equivalent to a college thesis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Annie, when is the last word on uh, Chicago <laughs> accents here? Was there anything you discovered along all of these different you know, investigations that didn't quite fit in your story? Well, it's like, how could I possibly have left something out, right? <laughs> but in fact, um, there was something that kind of came out of this that was uh, a surprise or something that hadn't really been on the books about the Chicago accent before, which is um, our pronunciation of the word towel. Hmm. Um, as in, in the passage, it says, Don and Don took off their jackets. Patty wiped the sweat with a paper towel. And uh, that word was particularly included by our linguist, Corrine McCarthy, because she said, you know, me and people in my family, people on the south side where I grew up, uh, I've heard a lot of people pronounce this towel. And when she brought this up with other dialectologists that she knows, they said there's no way that Chicagoans could be doing this. But in fact... Patty wiped the sweat with a paper towel. Patty wiped the sweat with a paper towel. So this is now something kind of on the record that wasn't there before. And in fact, she is actually considering writing an academic paper to kind of put this on the books in academia about the Chicago accent. I had no idea. That's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. A little question by Sarah Lynn could mean academic papers and something on the record books for the aliens to find in 500 years. Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Annie, for all of your sleuthing and for joining us in this extra fun on the podcast. Yeah, Annie, thanks again for uh, doing this and hope to have you on another Curious City segment sometime soon. Absolutely. Send another question my way. Sweet. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you to Sean for your editing prowess and thanks to Logan Jaffe for putting this podcast together, even though she's homesick with the flu. Mm. I know. Till next week, may your accents stay thick and your ears appreciative. Chad took off his hat and he did as a fan. The puck never hit the ice, which sadly had begun to melt. Curious City is produced by Jennifer Brandell, WBEZ, Ziga, and AIR, the Association of Independence and Radio. Lead financial support comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.